Welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast. Thanks for listening. Glad to have you along today. We are rediscovering the ancient way. Um, The last episode, I mentioned contacting me. If you would be interested in uh, talking about anything, asking questions, submitting topical ideas, suggestions, questions, anything like that, if you would like to discuss um, having me come out and speak any kind of a message or or anything like that, as outlandish as that may sound coming out of my own mouth, would you please contact us? Would you please reach out and let us know? Now, how do you do that? I told you I would work on that a little bit um, because admittedly, I didn't even know um, it, by memory the the contact information for us here specifically for the podcast. You can email us at pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com. It really is that simple. I didn't want to say it wrong in the last recording, but if you want to reach out to us for any reason at all, if you want to help support what we're doing, if you want to talk, if you need someone to pray with you, if you need someone to come to where you are and encourage you, would you please talk? To us, would you reach out to us and let that be known? I'm telling you, I'm just at a place in my life where I'm just facing the fact that unless I let people know the condition of my life, what I need, what I lack, what I have to offer, anything like that, unless I make that known, nobody else can do anything about it. No one can play their role, their place. I can't help anyone else if we don't even know one another exist. I mean, isn't that just simple? Can't we just look at that quite simply? Path to Zion podcast at gmail.com. Okay, so today, what's on my mind as I'm driving along here, the, the vapor of our life reality is has been something I've, I feel like I've, grasped on some level for a long time, that we are mere blades of grass. We're flowers in the field that bloom and and dry up and are blown away. Our lives are so temporary. Our lives in the natural, in these bodies of flesh, are so incredibly temporal and short and small. I know that we give our so much attention. We give so much of our attention to these natural bodies, what we want to eat, what we want to enjoy, what brings us comfort. We dedicate so much time to these bodies. A lot of people go to gyms, um, fitness centers, and some for hours a day condition their natural bodies to look, I mean, some do it for health, and yes and amen for that, that's fine, that's awesome, but but many people do it just to look good, to be more pleasing, seemingly, to the eye. A lot of attention is given to these natural bodies. I love to eat things that I prefer. I enjoy eating certain foods, and there's other foods 
I don't enjoy. There are certain things I like to do, certain tasks, certain hobbies, certain things in the natural that are merely temporal that I enjoy doing. But can we not say that it's, it's very probable that you and I and most all of humanity give too much attention to these natural bodies, fleeting as they are. Now, now, what I want to talk about for a few mere moments today comes out of two different things. One is a recent conversation with a brother, and, and he made the comment like, Joel, I'm just, you know, I'm just really assessing my life in a different way because I'm, I'm on the downward slope from here. <laughs> he wasn't saying it all apocalyptic and like boo-hoo and, and horrible me, my, my best years are behind me, and anyway, he's just talking as a mature man that, you know what? There's less ahead of me than what's behind. And friends, that that is an interesting place to be. At 46 years of age, that's I'm teetering on that line. I'm teetering on the line of that being very possible for me, even now. And so I would say that somewhere, you know, early 40s, you start to think a little bit different. I, I found my train of thought really changing in my early 40s. Um, now, it was, a, it was a pivotal moment to me, for me in my life, because of the addition of our son. If you know us personally, you know that we thought we didn't want children. We, did, we took drastic measures in many ways to make sure we didn't have children, because we were very arrogant and prideful and self-centered and, and wanted to do whatever we wanted, whenever we wanted to do it. But the Lord saw fit to, to look past our arrogance and give us a gift of a son late in life. And that brings me to point number two of why I want to share this today, which is we recently watched some videos of when my son, who's now eight, was a baby. Um, when he was, you know, even a year old. And I just started to tear up while I was watching it because it just feels like two different lifetimes. It feels like two different versions of parenting even. Like completely different worlds. Like I remember being a new father. Again, it was only eight years ago. I remember it clearly, of course. My son's birth was very traumatic in the natural. It was a very memorable event in the natural and, of course, in the spiritual. But I remember it clearly, and when I watched those videos, I was just so moved at, like, how quickly this time is going. Because just the other day, we were talking and explaining to him how when he's 15, he'll, he'll get a driver's permit and he'll be behind the wheel of a car. And so he was, of course, asking questions about that. I'm like, oh, man, really? Wow. Like, <laughs> that'll be awesome. And we have a side-by-side, -side, four-wheeler type thing, if you don't know what that is. And my son very, is very capable of driving it on his own. He drives it all over our 10 acres all by himself. And so he already knows how to drive, and I was explaining it to him how 
son, it's going to be so easy for you when it comes time to to do the actual driver's part. The driving part of driver's ed is going to be real easy for you. You already know how to drive. (laughs) And so we were just talking about that in just obviously a lighthearted way. And I just got to thinking about how my son is more now than, he's more now, more than halfway to 16. And it's a very sobering thought. You know, I I reflect back on the last eight years and my wife and I, just because of the way we are, we're very strict. We're very precise. We're very, we think through things that we do. A lot of it is because of our age. Our perspective is very different. A lot of my friends that I went to school with are are grandchildren. They, excuse me, they have grandchildren. Their children are grown out of college in many cases, and now they're becoming grandparents. And so obviously in the time, the timeline of life, we're just in a much different place than most people at our age. And so I don't know, I feel like our perspective is just a little bit different. But what I would just want to present to you is do you live with a real sober assessment of the things we're told in Scripture about the shortness, the brevity of our life. And, and, and obviously we know this Scripture, but making the most of, excuse me, of every opportunity. How do we make the most of every opportunity? Now I know that's specific to some certain things within the context of the, of the verses. But even as a general principle as well, Believing what we do about the eternal kingdom and how the kingdom, in fact, is here and now. Yeshua taught clearly, hey, it's here. We do believe that. We are in no way in our household waiting for a Beulah land reality, some some imagination, you know, fable-driven heaven experience. We're not waiting for that. We're not waiting to be who we're supposed to be one future day. We believe that now we are already, we are heavily engaged in the the eternal condition that we will move to in much greater measure when we leave this earth, should that be how it goes for us. It is a process that's already well advancing. It is moving. We are on that trajectory, that path presently. We're not waiting for anything. Now, will there be joy in the what lies ahead? Well, you better believe it. Absolutely. The new Jerusalem reality boggles my mind. No violence, no tears, no sadness, no sickness, no disease. No sin, no shame, no rebellion, no jealousy, no anger, no strife, no competition, no sadness. And best of all, no barrier between Yahweh and men. An awesome culmination of the ages, returning to God's original original intent with, with His creation Adam, mankind, 
in his likeness. Carriers of his glory. Restored. Yeshua Messiah will sit enthroned as king. There won't even be a physical son to light the day, for there will be no need for it. Friends, do we understand that? And so, well, what do we do with that today? Well, how does that affect us today? Are we merely waiting? Friend, are you merely waiting for the sweet by and by anywhere in your entire thought process? Are you waiting for something? Are you waiting for Beulah land? Are you waiting for heaven? And if so, what are you waiting for? And what are you missing in the process between the now and the then? There is much for us to do now, here, in this age. That guess what? I'm always saying this on this podcast all the time. It is dependent upon you. It is waiting for you. It's waiting for me. Creator God has bestowed His government to men. It makes no sense. It's not rational thinking. Most men mishandle it, misappropriate it. Do everything they can to actually even ruin it. Yet that is God's pattern. That is His way. That is what He has done. So friends, no matter whether you are 20 years old or 85, it really doesn't much matter. If you could stretch out the entire timeline of history, all of us are so minimal in scale that we're not really going to even be visible on the timeline itself. There's just not much of us there. And so friends, I'm just encouraging you from my perspective that is a gift from God now, I feel like I walk for the most part with that understanding of, you know what? I've got to do something today to advance the kingdom of God. I've got to train my son. I've got to look at him and tell him I love him. I've got to look at my wife and thank her for how she serves my family. I've got to stop and talk to that brother when he's walking downtown and looks like he hasn't eaten today because you know what? I might not see him again. And he may hear the name of Yeshua Messiah for the only time this year from my mouth. Instead of buying that awesome truck, maybe I should give some of that money away and buy something from my opinion, maybe a little less awesome. You understand what I'm saying? We have to rightly appropriate the purpose of our lives so that we don't wake up when we're 90 years old and reflect on our life and say, oh man, Lord, forgive me for squandering so many days. I'm going to have to do that already. I'm already going to have to do that. I don't want to add any more days to that. I don't want to add more days to that present condition that I'm already in as far as wasting so many hours of my life up until now. 
And so what comes out of that conversation with that brother and looking at those old videos of my son is y'all time is marching quickly on. Time is advancing. Our days are numbered. Our lives are just mere breaths and then gone. Friends, please take your thoughts captive. Scrutinize if you're living holy and consecrated and set apart and see if there's any exchange that needs to be made because all you're doing is is maybe just entertaining temporal things a little bit more than you should. I am myself. I am. Take something random out of your life that you would you could never be convinced is wrong, but that you enjoy, that you like, that you even maybe love doing or having. And just bring it to the altar of sacrifice before the Lord. Say, you know what, God? I'm bringing this to even see if it needs surrendered. I say this with great regularity. I believe that this is the mark mark of a mature spiritual man. Is one who's completely obsessed with searching himself and always asking the Lord to search him and being quick to bring anything and everything that is himself to the Lord as a living sacrifice. That I look around at the inside of my temple tabernacle and I feel like, and I do not do this perfectly, but I do this with intent, looking around and bringing things to the Lord as a sacrificial offering before Him. Lord, I don't think this is wrong in my life, but here it is, God. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing it to You. Would You look at it? Would You examine it? Would You let me know if this is in fact pleasing in Your sight? And if it is, it will remain. But Lord, if even if I don't see it, even if I haven't felt your Holy Spirit say, I want that or you need to surrender that, I'm a mature son. I'm bringing things to you. Lord, try this. Does it need purified? Does it need flat out removed? Lord, here, here I am. Here I am. And see, as I'm driving along, this is the second time I've seen this church sign in the last couple days. I have found Mr. Wright. He is my Valentine and his name is Jesus. Y'all, this makes me so ill. The church is so foolish, it is embarrassing. It is embarrassing. I mean that. Oh my gosh, I couldn't say that with enough angst. It is so embarrassing to be labeled with that kind of mentality. Friends, I'm saying I'm saying this this hard. This is harsh, I know. Stop sounding like the world. I believe all of the earth is groaning for those mature sons to come forth. And I know they're going to come. And I'm doing all that I can to make sure I am one. But friends, it's not going to be that many. It's just not. 
The remnant reality is absolutely true. You know, in the podcast a couple days ago, and then I'm going to bring this to a close, and this one is actually going to be short for real. You know, I, I mentioned a couple episodes ago that that I feel like the last year or so, every time I go to bed, I feel like the way is more narrow than when I got up to start that day, <laughs> in my understanding. Every time I lay my head down at night, I feel like something happened in that day that's given me some different understanding that the, the narrow way is even more narrow than it was when I got up that morning to start that day. Friends, the, the way is narrow. There's one gate. There's one door. There is one way. His name is Yeshua Messiah. And I'm telling you, you've got to abandon yourself to join Him there. If you're abandoned and you're clear, amen. Amen. Awesome. It's possible. I believe it. But if you're not, own up to it. Be a mature man. In your heart now. Not calling up your discipleship buddies and just tell them how awful you are. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your heart communing with your Creator. God, what in the world am I infatuated with in this natural temporal condition that's hindering me from giving more of myself to you? This has got to be a perpetual question for us to ask before the Lord. So friends, our lives are short. May we make the the best use of every single opportunity we are in, no matter what we're doing, no matter where we work, no matter what our vocation, no matter whether we have 10 children or, or we're single. Whatever your circumstance, friend, please be sure that you are turning off the noise of the world, communing with the Father, and however means, whatever means it takes for you to do, make sure you are seeing what He's doing and hearing what He's saying. Because then we can be vessels of honor. We can be poured out as a drink offering unto a purpose to advance His kingdom in our lives. Our lives are mere breath. We're here and then we're gone. But we can affect all of eternity in that vapor of a life. We've got to get our minds wrapped around this and raise our expectations. Amen.